0: Hi, my name is Cyril War.
1: And my name is Brian Roig. Welcome to the Shaping Spirit podcast. We're just a couple of California guys who collected a bunch of academic degrees, traveling all over the world, studying spirituality, bringing it right back here to you and trying to help us all grow together from digital to spiritual. Cyril, what is the topic of the day?
0: Seeing, seeing the divine all around us. Love it. Seeing the divine all around us.
1: That's a good, that, yeah. good
0: idea to talk about that. In the That's years. fun, How?
1: especially at the new year. Happy new year to everyone, 2023. This is gonna be an amazing year. I'm loving it so far. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's, let's unravel this a little bit. Seeing the divine all around us. I think we get lost on that a lot, right? Hmm. People in tend to way? ignore. I think we take for granted the beauty in all things you know in our natural Ding. space yeah
0: Ding. that reminds me of a george harrison song all right go for it <laughs> it's uh isn't it a pity isn't it a pity um and then uh, we, we, and it says like we we ignore the beauty that surrounds us isn't it a pity
1: mm. you, you know that one i'd have to search back into what record that was on
0: It's called living in the material world. Okay. And he goes, uh, I'll just read it to you real quick. Mm. He goes, um, you know, isn't it a pity? Isn't it a shame? How we break each other's hearts and cause each other pain. And then, um, and then the second verse, he goes, um, some things take so long, but how do I explain when not too many people can see we're all the same? That's a nice theme. And then here's the, here's the key word. And because of all their tears, their eyes can't hope to see the beauty that surrounds them. Mm. Isn't it a pity? I think this theme of not being able to see divine beauty around us because of us, of our suffering, because of our absorption in, you know, in too much stress and anxiety and justifiably so is maybe a theme we could, we could, uh, we could tackle, Mm -hmm. you know, why are we not able to see, you know, beauty around us, what to speak of, you know, divinity around us. Like what's the cause, what's the reason?
1: I think we're, we're living too fast pace of a society. That's one, that's one uh, thing right there. If you look at the day-to-day life of your daily, I'm gonna call them your daily grinder, which everybody who works in eight to five, nine to five, whatever you want to call it, or you're working swing shift, night shift, you know, you're so wrapped up in that track that you're on. You have no idea of what's going on around you. You know, it, we just had a, a rain here in Southern California over the weekend. It was crazy. And, you know, I personally, I always say I'm allergic to weather. You know, born and bred in Southern California, I like sunshine every day, but it is amazing to have rain. But just appreciating the majesty. Of the rain and the thunderstorms and what it provides, and then going out, and, you know, a day or two later, and seeing how the plants grew so quickly—it's its an amazing miracle. It's a work of art, and I wonder cool. how much time mm. do we take to actually appreciate that work of art? Well, when we're
0: stuck in these, you know huge smart cities like total urban smart cities where you don't see a tree you don't see a plant um <laughs> you know it, it, it's even the it's even harder and wh- wh- who was that famous author or that poet who said that you know like uh man uh created the city god created uh nature
1: i don't know but that's very nice
0: william cowper oh. William Copper, he said, God made the country and man, man made the town, yeah. you know, and I nothing wrong with living in a city or in a town, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a, I'm a, i I'll tell you a story actually, if I may, there's this um, sort of a, a friend, an older friend of mine, who's like this multi, 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 multi millionaire. He's like the inheritor of, a, of one of the biggest fortunes in America, mm-hmm. right? And he was living in a, in a, in a country uh, town, or I mean, really country, more than town in Florida, in Northern Florida. And then I heard that he had moved to, to Gainesville mm. to, you know, a, a college town, but like basically a small city. And the dude doesn't need any money. In other words, he doesn't need to go to the city to make money to survive, which is what a lot of people do, Right like i have a friend in, in paris his name is lorenz he grew up in the south of france in a small beautiful quaint little town called lacano near the mediterranean and, and he he lives in paris as an accountant and he hates it and i'm like why don't you move down b- back down there and he's like there's no work there mm-hmm. you know so this multi multi-millionaire that wasn't his so i asked him i said why why did you move i heard you moved to the city why and then he he told me something i'll always remember he said you know I realize after some time, Cyril, that, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a city boy, mm. you know, and personally me, I grew up in Paris in Mexico city, Los Angeles, New York. So I can, I identify as a city boy. Having said that though, having said that there is, like you say, some really, some wonderful magic visible when you actually go outside of the urban centers and look at nature.
1: Yeah. I, uh, there's something very recharging, I guess, that's the only word I can think of at the moment, recharging about immersing yourself in some form of nature, be it the ocean. You know, there's, there's many stories from the ancient world, all over the ancient world about the healing powers of the ocean and the sacredness of, Dip literally dipping into the ocean and embracing that, the, the seawater and embracing that, that power and majesty of the divine through water. And then you also have the forest in the mountains, you know, where you can walk into the forest and just sit and listen and just absorb the energy around you, because it, 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 you have to sit and take a minute and realize that everything you see around you is alive. It is conscious. It may not have the same level of consciousness as you, the way you think about things as a person, as a human being, but everything is conscious. Everything is observing and everything is interconnected. And I think... Did
0: you see uh, Avatar number two? I have not,
1: but I heard remember it's really in Avatar, good.
0: No, Remember in Avatar number one, there's this Tree of Life concept, Mm. where everybody's interconnected, and at the very end, you see like literally like a a blue like pulsating sort of soul (laughs) inside you know, and sort of inside the body of everybody, and Mm. like everybody's connected to this tree of life. You know, in the ancient wisdom of the world, you have this idea of like a super soul, or you know, or or the Holy Spirit. Actually, we could even you know bring it to 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 a, a Christian concept where. Where the divine is present, you know, in every single body and in every single atom around you. And so the more you kind of awaken or wake up spiritually, the more you actually start seeing, you know, um, the divine, you know, everywhere, literally, right?
1: Mm. It's like I I very much associate it with an electrical current, Hmm. you know, like the ac or dc electrical current that runs through the home or wherever you're at it's the same thing it's like we're all feeding off the same current and how many people are actually sitting back to realize that it's a current it's a flow and we're all connected to it we're just on a different space we're in a different line or, or you know placement of that current but we're all feeding from the same current we're all sharing that same current you know
0: hmm. I think I see two things. One is a display of amazing beauty by nature. Mm-hmm. I'll develop it really quickly. And then another is I see like, the, well, ideally, I'd like to see, you know, or have a spiritual vision where you you see the divine everywhere. And they're two different things and they're both beautiful. So if I may, the first one is close to my heart, because this morning I went, I'm in Tulum, right? Mm-hmm. Tulum, Mexico. Yeah. So it's an east facing beach. So this morning, you know, the sunrise here is at 726. So I arrived at quarter to seven and I sat on that white sand and I was just, you know, doing my, my, my morning meditation, watching the horizon and literally watching this, this drama play out, this visual drama, how, you know, the light gets, you know, gets lighter and lighter and then different colors come in, violet, pink, red, you know, until the actual sun Pops over the horizon. Right. And I was like, wow, you know, mm. um, and, and if there is, you know, for those who are theists out there, you know, seeing the beauty of nature is an opportunity to, I mean, even what wasn't there were like the, the, there's two sacred books, there's two holy books, right. One is, is the Bible and the second one is nature. Mm. So, you know, if you are theist and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, you have to, we're as, as we know here on, on the shaping spirit podcast, where we're, we're, we incur, we're non-sectarian. We encourage everyone regardless of their tradition. But if you are a theist, then you, you, you can appreciate, you know, a beautiful sunrise, for example, as a work of art from, from God, mm-hmm. right? That's the first thing. And then the second thing, which is also having to do with, with seeing the divine around us is, is developing that spiritual vision where you don't just see a tree in front of you. You just don't see an ant. You just don't only see, I don't know. Uh, a cockroach or, or a Mexican or, uh, an African American or a Nigerian, or, uh, I don't know, a Swedish or a man or a woman or, you know, or I don't know, a a butterfly. You, you see the, you see a conscious spiritual being inside an external physical covering. And when you, and, and that kind of brings it back to what you were talking about, seeing that sort of electrical current that, that conscious life inside, you know, different, physical coverings, right? Is that where you were kind of going?
1: Yes. You know, there's, you know, these teachings from ancient teachings from the Far East, you know, to your point that talks about how the wisest of sages sees with an equal eye, you know, an elephant, a man, a tiger, a tree, because that wisest of sage sees, like you're saying, that, 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 that divine spark within each, living entity and is honoring that because it's also considered that sitting next to that individual spiritual spark, say within the heart, is also a manifestation of the divine, like two parrots on a tree sitting together. One is the uh, performer and the other one is the observer, right? So it's considered that we, as the individual uh, we are the performers because we're acting within this body. And then there's, you know, a little piece of, let's say a little piece of God right next to you, sitting on that perch right next to you, watching what you're doing, just smiling, full of love, just, you know, but observing how you are enacting in, enacting your, your state of consciousness and how you're engaging the world. And I, I always loved that. I, I appreciated that so much because... You can see when, when when things are conscious. And when you acknowledge that universal consciousness, there's a different type of engagement I feel like you have. At least... For, what do you mean? Well, for me... A different engagement with who? Front, with everything. With the, world, with the world, and with world others? Yes. Because for me, one of those things is it's like, I personally couldn't think of eating an animal. Mm. Okay? Because I see that they're conscious beings and, you know, there's you there's, there's videos out there where you see like a, a a pig or a cow crying because it knows it's on its way to death you know it with, it, tears, it, tears, with tears in their eyes eye, so th- th- these these poor creatures they know that they are being sent to, to be m- literally murdered you know for literally some for someone's tongue but at the end of the day None of these people... What do you mean by someone's tongue? By, by the their their, their pleasure buds? of their flesh, the taste buds, right? But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, here's the, here's the irony of it all, which I always, I always find really funny when people are like very pro-eating uh, animal eating animal flesh. And I chal- I've challenged these people before. I'm like, if that's really the case, that you just love it so much, why don't you go kill the animal itself? Don't cook it. Just rip the flesh off and start eating it. I want to see how much you really, truly enjoy, how tasty it is. They're like, I can't do that. That's disgusting. I could never do that. That's horrifying. So, but you're you're complicit in the murder of the animal and you acknowledge that the only way it's going to taste good to you is through some for- form of fire or cooking or baking with oil or butter or sauces and, and you know, salt and pepper and all these spices. So... The reality is, is something within you, deep inside, you actually can acknowledge that you know the divine is all around us. You you choose to kind of ignore it just for the satisfaction of your taste buds, but it's not really the satisfaction of it actually as flesh, right? Not to get into a whole like plant-based diatribe here, but you have to admit then that what you are doing is creating suffering in this world, extraordinary suffering. And quite frankly, it's useless. It's absolutely useless. And it, I believe it is a disruptor to the natural order of things. And, yeah. and let me qualify this by saying, if, I, if you may indulge me for a moment here, what I'm not talking about is, let's say, the, you know, in the Native American tradition. And I studied a lot of, uh, you know, in, in university, the Native American traditions and religion. We probably had the
0: same teacher, Talamantes, right? Yes,
1: God rest her soul. She gave me the biggest hug on my graduation day. And like, I was her little pet. <laughs> yeah.
0: By the way, by, by the way, as an apprentice, I really want to hear, I mean, and we want to hear what, what you have to say, but I think because we've had a few comments asking, you know, tell us about your story. And one thing I do want to say And I think we should, Mm. because no one knows this. Like, I'm telling this to people I meet here in Tulum (laughs) when I give them a little business card with the QR code to our podcast. Mm. And I tell them again and again and again, you know, Brian and I, we've known each other for 20 years. We both went to the University of California. It's almost 30. Do you realize
1: it's it's almost 30 years we've known each other. It's scary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we went to the University of California, Santa Barbara. We both majored in religious studies. And, you know, a couple months ago, we decided to launch a podcast, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so, you know, yeah, those of you who are you know, listening right now, um, you should know that both Brian and I went to UC Santa Barbara and we had the same teachers. And, and so when Brian's talking about, you know, having studied Native, Native American uh, traditions, I immediately thought of, you know, Professor yeah, Talamantes. Talented, yeah. yeah, she passed away a few years yeah, ago, didn't she? Right.
1: I think a year before Roof, <laughs> Professor Roof. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, I'm not laughing. Those two would have been great. Those it's two would have been, been amazing. You know, I love them both dearly. But, anyways, back to the story. So, the, the respect for the Native American tradition when they were hunting, number one, there was always an acknowledgement that what they were hunting, the animal they were hunting, was part of the divine and it was conscious. And they saw that being. As part of the sacred circle of life, not in the form that they were worshiping, say a buffalo or the cow or whatever it was that they, the, you know they were they were hunting that particular day, but it is an integral part of the divine play within their their society
0: and, I find a great benefit to that type of attitude mm-hmm. because it, it protects us from taking things for granted. Yes. And it's acknowledging, wow, I'm taking a life here, but I have to because it's for my survival. But in doing so, I'm going to, you know, be very humble about it and very grateful about it and very conscious about it. Wow. Talk about, you know, a a non-wasting type of of thinking. And they didn't didn't waste.
1: They used the bones. They used the hides. They used everything. And there was also within every... One of these Native American traditions, they're, they're, they, they expressed gratitude to the animal. Thank right, you for exactly. sharing your life with me.
0: It, and I'm not taking no, it for granted. And um, on
1: um, top um, of that, they, they considered it a gift that they were actually absorbing that animal's life and that I'm going to live on for you and we will live together within now, within my body. And that was a beautiful thing so the thing, thing
0: about waste mm-hmm. it, it it applies even on the sort of the intellectual, emotional, psychological level with that type of attitude, you're not wasting not just wasting in terms of you know material things plastics and blah blah blah, but in a consumer consumer society ago you know to the nth degree, but also you're very you're very careful about using it's a very sort of conceptually speaking or, or theologically, it's a very minimalist, but beautiful approach, isn't yeah. it?
1: And uh, that was something that I, uh, you know, I really respected from that tradition. And I've always separated that from, you know, what we have today in, you know, our, our culture. Yeah, factory you see, farming like you and don't want to criticize
0: anyone. And then, you know, what comes out of factory farming or the, the end result, I mean, with all due respect, you know, you see someone come, you know, a drive in, you know, I don't want to mention any names because I don't want to give any publicity to these big, fat, horrible, you know, giants of fast food. But, you know, you, you pull up to a drive in and, you know, whatever, give me, you know, I'll, I'll order a Whopper or whatever, Big Mac, you know, who we're talking mm-hmm. about. And then, you know, the, the, the product comes out and there's zero acknowledgement. There's nothing. It's just like you get the bag, and you know, even as you put yourself into drive, you can't even wait to go sit down at a table. You just put your hand into that paper bag and 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 take out that 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 meat or whatever, and just put it in your mouth. And there's mm, there's no cognition. None.
1: Absolutely none.
0: One of the one of the rituals that I really am uh, find beautiful in 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 the ancient world is this idea of of eating and drinking only things that have been, you know, offered to the divine Mm -hmm. in loving sacrifice or as, as an offering of love, you know what I mean? And you find that you find that I'm not at all an expert. I don't know if you took classes on, on, on classical Greek, you know, religions or philosophy, at UC Santa Barbara, I did.
1: I got in trouble in that class, but that's another story <laughs> altogether. <laughs> My humor was lost on our British uh, TA, but it, it was cute. Oh, really? Yeah, it was all good. I still got an A in the class, but I was uh-huh. always known as the troublemaker. So, it is what it is.
0: There's a passage in the Iliad or in the Odyssey. I do not know which one it is, but there's a passage in there where there's a, a soldier, not just a soldier, like he's a prince, he's, a, he's a, you know, a big warrior, right? And he gets injured on the battlefield. And he gets escorted back to his home, you know, to his palace or whatever, to his royal residence um, on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. And his mother, his mother, like rushes into the living room or the open area where her son is bleeding out, you know, or maybe not bleeding out, but definitely is injured, is bleeding. And what does she say? She tells her assist, you know, her maids quickly go offer a drink, you know, a beverage to the gods and bring it right back. Mm. I mean, it shows you the the mentality, like your own son is like bleeding, right? From a, from a, from a serious wound, you will not giving something to drink unless it's been first offered to the divine or to the gods and goddesses. And only then (laughs) do you give your, your, you know, your injured child or your injured son, you know, a beverage. Mm -hmm. I know when I heard that, I was like, wow, what kind of civilization is that where they, they, you know, kind of like or very similar to that native American concept where you acknowledge you, you, give, you have so much gratitude and, and acknowledgement for everything that you eat or that you drink, mm-hmm. you know, and how many times do we eat a day? Imagine if every, and, and you know, you have this notion in the Christian world of, of giving, what is it? You know, thank, thank you for, you know, the, the food that we have or for the daily bread. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever, it doesn't matter which. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a very practical way. To stay, to see the divine around you. Every time you open your mouth, you pop something in there or drink something, you know, acknowledging where it comes from, acknowledging that it's a gift, acknowledging perhaps its divine source, is a is a very very profound and practical way to stay connected to to, to the divine, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So here's here's a funny, cute little story for you. So, uh, one of my dearest. Uh, spiritual teachers was uh, out doing a, a, you know, a program, doing a home program somewhere, you know. And there were some people there that were with him and they were in this uh, home of these people, I want to say from like South India. And one of the students there that was American had asked him, well, they're not doing... What we would normally accustom to see about like offering the food first, how come they're not doing this particular ritual before everybody ate? And he says to them, <laughs> "You don't have to worry about that. The whole house has already been offered. <laughs> no. You know. So it's just like there's that like you're saying there's this uh, this idea in this acknowledgement that." then how do you channel, let's go even beyond the food, how do you channel everything in your life to that acknowledgement where you're offering your, everything around you to the divine, that acknowledgement, that divine acknowledgement, that sense of, of again, we, we've had a podcast on gratitude, but just then allowing yourself to see the divine in everything around you. It is a miracle that it rains and all of a sudden the next day, the sun comes up, the plants grew. How come people don't sit and think with that enough and meditate on that, on the magnificence of that level of divine energy where it can rain at night and then in the morning, the plants are bigger. That's far Mm -hmm. out, man. You can put water on me. I go take a shower twice a day. I didn't grow, right? You know? So there's something there. There's this magic. There is a divine magic in all these things life around Life itself. Us. Yeah. The very fact, right? I mean, and in here we can talk
0: about a touchy topic, but, you know, we can touch on it. The idea of conception of life in the mm-hmm. womb, you know, of, of life growing out of, you know, out of, a contact, out of the contact between a sperm and an ovum. Mm-hmm. And boom, you know, you get this, this life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just right there. And it's like, whoa, life itself. The very fact that, that there's life, that we're alive. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. So practically speaking, to wrap up perhaps, mm-hmm. what are practical um, suggestions we can give to, to our listeners? Like, because, okay, it sounds really good, you know, on paper, theoretically, like, yeah, great. You know, yeah. See everything as a divine work of art from the divine. And yeah, you know, see beyond the skin color and and colors of the eyes and even species and, and see a spiritual spark or a unit of consciousness in everyone around mm-hmm. us. Okay. Sounds really good. How do we actually do that? Because we, we accepted at the very beginning that we all really struggle with, you know, keeping ourselves in that state of consciousness if we ever are in it to begin with.
1: I think we got to slow down. Again, you know, we talked about how we can all try to do a morning meditation for five minutes, right? Five minutes isn't a lot of time. We have 24 hours in the day, people. So for all our listeners, connect outside for five minutes. Try it, do something magical. Acknowledge a plant, you know, something that's there where we can go, oh, okay, this is something very beautiful. You know, do you have any plants in your house? You know, people say, oh, my plants grow better when I talk to my plants. I know for some people that might be really far out, but do you have something natural around you? Do you have a pet? Do you acknowledge that that pet is conscious and talks to you and... Has a re- you have a relationship with the pet if you have a pet. So I think there's a there's a lot of things, where we have to you 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 familiar with that saying Cyril, don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Have you ever heard I think that? I heard it maybe. So that was something I always grew up hearing. Where I don't know. I just remember always hearing that saying. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses. And to me, it's just like the journey on the path important Don't focus so much on did I get to my destination today because you're not Really experiencing like we've talked about before you're always in the state of now So where you are in your path today stop for a minute smell the roses if there's you know something there that you can just acknowledge Just it's it's really a state if think about this. It's a state of acknowledgement Acknowledge that consciousness around you. And I think if we start to practice the acknowledgement of consciousness around us, then we are able to then start to appreciate more and see it more. But I think the first step, I don't know about you, but maybe the first step would be start with acknowledgement. Hmm. What do you think?
0: And I would add, yeah, I would I would perfect. I would add, and then to maintain that spirit of acknowledgement and gratitude. And even all what will help you is a regular, like you mentioned, like a regular spiritual mm-hmm. practice and whether that's meditation, whether that's reading sacred scripture, whether that's prayer, if you have that, uh, dedicated time when you're actually, you know, watering the root of the tree, so to speak, you know, with, with acts that are, Really, uh, which are acknowledged by everyone as being, you know, really kind of spiritual in nature. Again, I gave a few examples. Then, then that uh, nourishment, the result of that nourishment, will be the ability to maintain that attitude of acknowledgement, gratitude, awe. So that's that's important. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that was great. Great. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we're on a good start for 2023. Everybody crazy. We can, we can continue, uh, you know, watering the root. We can continue growing our, 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 our expanding our spiritual consciousness so that we can, we can, you know, um, um how would I say we can, uh, reflect onto the world and to others divinity, and 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 therefore peace and happiness and satisfaction
1: yeah love it so if you need to get a hold of us please reach out shaping spirit podcast at gmail.com shaping spirit podcast at gmail.com you can hit us at our website as well www.shapingspiritpodcast.com we try to make this easy as possible we're on So many listening platforms, I don't even know where to begin. Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. What else is out there? Samsung, Apple. Apple. (laughs) We're still trying to figure out the Apple issue, but we have been acknowledged on Apple and we're approved on Apple. We're just waiting for them to publish. So you can find us. And if you're having any issues or questions, look, guys, we're not charging any money. We're not going to say, hey, give us $5,000 and we'll help you in your you know, spiritual path, reach out to us. We're friendly guys, we're cool, we're easy, we're modern. <laughs> so we're not gonna sit here and say, you have to cover your head like this and bow 17 times and do this and blah, 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 and then give us you know your paycheck. Not gonna happen. We're gonna help you wherever you're at, we wanna help you grow, right?
0: Awesome. So let us remember That, uh, you know, we're we're not our bodies. We're spiritual beings. We're way more than our bodies. We are not matter. But we matter.
1: (laughs) But we matter. Thank you so much for listening.
0: (sighs) Take care. Talk to you next time.